Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good day, good people. My name is Brad King, and you are watching and listening to the Downtown Rider Jam video podcast part of the solid listen podcast network we're coming to you from deep inside the jam bunker on a lovely and crisp fall day it is our last day with ruby the border by the time you are seeing this she will be gone though you will hear her in today's program super excited uh i have dan sanders on the program and his book the loop is out now so dan you know is one of those writers that like doesn't have a big social presence short bio Twitter locked behind whatever. And I do very little research on this program. So even if you had a bunch of stuff, I wouldn't have really have done much looking around. But I usually do enough so that I kind of know where I want to get to. And today I didn't. And as it turned out, uh, I didn't have to because you're going to hear our paths crossed out. We're, this is going to be one of them West Coast shows, one of those Northern California shows, one of those Gen X shows. We got a lot of people and life stuff in common. So that was really great. Like I had a good time, like sort of exploring the life of a DIY water and sort of the end of this era of um, this sort of pre-social DIY stuff that is that exists today, but just exists in a different way. Uh, Dan is a writer of short fiction, essays, and vending machine repair guides. I've always told folks the most money you'll make as a writer is as a technical writer. It is the truth. Um, his writing has appeared in the forthcoming uh, or is forthcoming in Hobart, Split Lip Magazine, which is a big thing, OK Donkey, uh, the Hong Kong Review, and as he says, wherever fine vending equipment is sold. Uh, he lives out near Pennsylvania or uh, near, near uh, uh, Philadelphia, which we talked a little bit about. Um, and The Loop is his first novel. So before we get to him, and it's well worth the, the wait, we got a little bit of business, as you know. The video podcasts out every Monday and Friday. You can find them on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel, or you can see the video over at thewritersjam.com. The Jam, our hour-long show, is out every Wednesday. All of the audio from all of our shows are on the Jam podcast channel, so you should get yourself subscribed so you never miss anything that we do. But there's two other things that you can do for us. The first, if you know book lovers, if you know people in your life that love reading books and are always trying to figure out what to read next, tell them about the show. That's the biggest thing you can do for us. And leave us a review, either, either over at uh, Apple Podcasts or the Facebook page at the Writer's Jam. Uh, while you're at our website, if you happen to go there, you can see book reviews of books that we're reading. You can click on the bookshop link and buy books from local and independent bookstores across the country. Sign up for our monthly newsletter. 
maybe most importantly, you can support everybody on the Solid Listen Podcast Network for just a couple bucks a month. You get bonus episodes, commercial-free episodes. Uh, Malls and Nicole are doing all kinds of stuff. There's so much going on for five bucks. You get a lot of content, and the, the network is bigger and bigger. I feel like every month we grow. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff to be done at the website. You can help us out uh, with the reviews. Make sure you're following everything we do. I appreciate you coming and spending a few minutes with us here in the bunker. Uh, I hope that you're going to have a good holiday. Thanksgiving can be tough. So I hope that uh, I hope that it goes well for you. And I hope that you're taking care of yourself. And I hope that you're taking care of each other. And I hope that you will sit back for the next 35 minutes or so, whether things went well or not on Thanksgiving, you can escape a little bit with my conversation with Dan Sanders. All right, cool. Yeah, I was in Oakland for about 10 years. Okay, so I was right on the border. What were you doing there? Uh, well, I moved out initially to wrap up college. I had an internship that I needed to get done. So I went and interned with uh, McSweeney's and then I just- Oh, no shit. I was like, yeah. So I was gonna like stay there for a year and then I stayed there for 10. Um, yeah, I just really, I loved it out there. And then it just got to be uh, yeah. too expensive. And yeah. so we moved back. Well, there's probably a hundred percent chance that we know the same people. I went to graduate school for journalism and worked at Wired. Um, oh, okay. So, so like from 99 to 2000, 98 to 2003, like I was sort of in the middle of all that stuff. And I think um, I still have the the newspaper that the McSweeney's folks did. Remember when they did the... I was there when they did that. Yeah, yeah. So I have an unopened newspaper. Nice. Still in the... I got it because there was, I think, one of a thousand. There was like a, there was a limited run of those. It was, yeah. I think... I don't think I still have my copy. My buddy Kevin has a piece in there that I always loved where he was... Um, I think at that point he was living in New York, but he was going from... He was just doing all the free tapings of different TV shows. Yeah. And so he would just do reviews of each one. And he think he went to like a Montel Williams taping. Oh, shit. Um, and it was just wild. Like, it's just really good. Yeah. Uh, For everybody else on the planet who's got no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> and, I mean, this was what, around 2002, 2003, 2004? Me? I'm going to say five, I think. Maybe I think five. Maybe a little bit later. Yeah. So I was already gone, but uh, this group, there was this whole discussion about like why are newspapers dying and the whole premise of this thing was because they're written poorly and they're designed like shit and so yes. we're gonna do this issue of this beautiful mag or this beautiful newspaper i mean it's like a sunday new york times size newspaper yeah, it's, a yeah. it's huge um that's like gorgeous for color on the front page yeah. um, written by all of these folks that boing boing like everybody who sort of came out of the that sort of weird fucking writing space and the uh both the the west coast and then some east coast folks like and just yeah. did this like amazing beautiful thing and i it's, i knew yeah. i knew it was an artifact so i got it literally have never opened it i'm like this could be my retirement i'm hoping like because <laughs> that was eggers was that eggers yeah he was kind of the the, the push behind it because yeah. he was he was doing a lot in different spaces i don't know what he's doing anymore these days but um he I think it was a push. Job. Yeah, and like I think he's really, um, uh, yeah. So I think mainly focused on A two six stuff. Is yeah. a really, uh, in my experience, was a really lovely guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the goal of that was just to be like, this is still a totally valid yeah. mechanism. It's just, uh, it's very hard to do, 
is very expensive. And they, they kind of outline, I think there's a piece in there too, where they outline their costs and kind of, I think they also kind of make the case of this is brutally difficult. Yeah. Um, but also obviously very worthwhile. And yeah. They kind of get into that stuff, but yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, that's funny. Enough. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, if you were out in the Bay area at that time, like it just like, like it was both this big and small place and yes. you just like, I mean, I don't know how much you were connected with like the Boing Boing folks, but they were sort of, but like, do you know, you know, Boing Boing? I know Boing Boing, but I didn't, I didn't interact. With them like Peskovitz and I started at the same weekly newspaper in Cincinnati. Like I introduced Shenny to them and like, she was writing for me at Wired and then I saw oh, no, to the Boing. Yeah. It's like, it's really, it's, it's just one of those that Frauenfelder was like, he was a wired guy. So like yeah. that scene was both like, if you're in it and I, we, I've had a few people from that time, you're like, it was both fucking amazing and transformative and it felt giant. And then you get away from it and you're like, it was 12 people. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> like when I went out there, I was really thinking again, like I was just like, I was interning and I kind of got to be friends with everybody and overstayed my welcome, I think. But the, uh, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I, I, but like, it really was like, I, when I went out to intern there, I just assumed it was like this big kind of mechanism. Cause it was just so, it was so impressive to me as an outsider or whatever. And I went out there and they were in the, they were behind the pirate shop like it was yeah. like they had like a little like a little 10 by 10 space or something yeah. not even that um but it was cool because we just sit there and then you know um sarah bell would stroll through and there's like all these kind of luminary yeah. people or people i really looked up to would just kind of be there all of a sudden yeah um and for those that don't know what the hell we're talking about this it's a26 valencia which is in the yeah. mission i think right yeah, yeah. they're like mission esque um, yes uh 19th emission yeah uh, or no i'm sorry 19th in valencia, valencia think, yeah because it's two yeah. streets down yeah um, um and now there's a bunch a, of them right? there's a it, there's one in every town almost at this point yeah i mean like at the time like at the time it's a pirate shop in the front but it's in a it's a literacy program that now is sort of a non-profit and there's one here in pittsburgh like it's replicated i mean it's one of the two big literacy programs that exist in cities there's sort of two models and that ended up being one of them um, and it was started by Dave Eggers, who wrote, I always get it backwards. Is it a staggering work of heartbreaking genius or a heartbreaking work of staggering genius? The second one. Yeah, yeah. I, it's was... what I, I always and like the joke. Like, I hated that book so much. <laughs> I hated it. Hated it. But he was also part of like Might Magazine. Like he was part was of his, this right? whole thing. Right. And like, so I was like, God damn it. Like, I really fucking like what he does, but I don't like that book. But like everything else I do, like he's done, I'm like, shit, that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's a sharp guy. That, yeah. that book, my um, uh, my stepmother got it for me. And she was like, I just read the opening chunk of this. And just she's like, it really reminded me of you for whatever reason. <laughs> and she gave it to me. And I had a kind of a similar thing. Like, I, I like the book, but I the, the copy I had was like, um, he did this long winded introduction, like not long winded, but, but the writing in that was so fun and like really funny. And obviously the book's kind of, uh, depressing. Um, but the opening intro thing was like, Oh, this guy's doing something at least in the ballpark of what I like to think that I do. Yeah. When I, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just really loved his like tone and just, he was really goofy and kind of messed with the pages a little bit and kind of, uh, yeah. So that, that book was like the only, you know, randomly thought about the other day because i think 
just one single track. I guess that book kind of changed my whole life. <laughs> really... I mean, you hear it a lot, right? Well, he just has a new one out. That's probably why, right? There's something in the last year, I think, oh, that he yeah. wrote that came out. So his name has sort of popped back up. And if you're of that time, and again, this is sort of like dude writer stuff. So like, you know, I sort of, we get further away from it and we're like, well, it's a certain kind of aesthetic and a certain kind of writing, but Absolutely. like yeah, yeah. his name doesn't really, it didn't, it didn't sort of make the leap, right? Like there's the David Foster Wallace and the, there's all these folks. Yeah. And he really was sort of this vestige of this sort of weird cyber techno DIY fucking indie weird shit that sort of ended in the nineties. And then this whole new crop of people came in doing this other thing, but he yeah. was sort of like the champion of, that style of thing yeah and just do your own weird thing and yeah uh and i think he sticks to his guns too because a lot of the stuff like he releases through uh larger publishers and stuff but I, and again i've i haven't paid too much attention right um but you know always was really vocal about supporting different yeah. things like the newspaper was something but he also ran um best american non-required reading while i was there yeah and it's crazy with high school kids and like to watch him work with you know to you know again like a big shot writer guy yeah. And these kids would run all over him and he would really, you know, consider their viewpoints and would like talk to them like equals. And he was, to me, he was super impressive yeah. and, and good dude. Um, it's such a strange time. Like that time is that, yeah. You know, like I was at Wired. So I covered entertainment. So I was covering music, movies, but like at the time when it all transformed from analog into digital, yes. like I was at the biggest magazine writing about the thing that like everybody wanted to read about. And I've told folks, like, it is really hard if you weren't in the Bay Area at that time. You don't even have to be a wire. That time was just sort of before the tech really, like San Francisco was still livable, like, like yeah. artists sort of ran the place. There was a big LGBTQ community there. It was really this fascinating place. And then Oakland was going through this sort of Jerry Brown like knocking down houses and building like yeah. live workspaces and Jack London Square with like it was just this fucking cauldron of stuff that you get away from it like you I don't know if you have felt this as you've gone but like that as I've looked back on it is like that shaped a lot of my thinking how I write oh, yeah what I love yeah. like how I approach the business of writing absolutely it's also why I don't live there anymore in some spaces because that it got away from that so much and it became yeah. you know it, it became what it became i still love oakland enormously yeah. like i still have people i love there and stuff um and would love to go back but it's it's definitely different like my wife and i go back from time to time just to kind of you know go we get yeah. homesick kind of a thing go to point reyes go hiking that kind of stuff yeah. and the, the rate at which it changes is wild it's and, crazy you know and like when we lived in oakland it was one of those you know it was like I can't, I, you know, I came along in Oakland and later on, but um, just the rate, of, the rate of change is really staggering where it's just yeah. like, it kind of was kind of like a little bit, sh not shaky, but just like, it felt like a place where people lived. Yeah. And then I think Uber is building headquarters, like where, yeah. like, you know, a couple blocks from the BART station stuff. It just like, it's a very much more different. Yeah, like Piedmont was this weird sort of like rich white part of Oakland. And then Oakland, like the school district had like a hundred languages spoken in it. And now it's yeah. sort of oh, yeah, like yeah. is the suburb. And I've told people like in Chinatown in Oakland, when I lived there, the street signs were not in English. No, right? like the yeah. street signs were in, in Chinese. And 
people would be like, how do you live? And I'm like, same way everybody else lives. You just like, you figure out like, that's the, that's the street I need to go to. Like, yeah. And I feel like it's sort of, I mean, I've been out there in a while, but like, it sounds like it's been sort of suburbanized of like the Bay area. Like that is a place that like people were moving because it was affordable and now it is changing into this other place. Yeah. I mean, I like we moved back East about five years ago now, I suppose. Oh, so you were um, out there for a lot of that. Yeah. And like, yeah. we got pushed. I mean, it was like one of those things, of, you know, you know, we do okay. <laughs> and we're yeah. still like, this is crazy. So we were living <laughs> kind of um, just on the edge of Oakland uh, as you go across to Alameda. Um, oh yeah. I lived on like, University Avenue in Berkeley, like right down from the Berkeley Bowl. So like, I was like, by yeah, Albany. Okay. Yeah. So like Oakland was about an eight minute drive, like the border yes. of Oakland. So yeah. <laughs> like not too far. And like, yeah. it was, you know, um, again loved it so much but just got to be like we're paying like and i'm sure these numbers are quaint at this point but we're paying like you know two grand a month for rent we we're living in a loft and it was just um yeah it got like why don't i own a house like i'm paying house money for a yeah. not house <laughs> yeah so that's kind of what we went up to and was like you know we can move back buy a whole house for what we pay which is exactly what happened we pay less for our house than we did for our loft yeah. and got a dog and you know we had space and yeah that sort of stuff so it was just like a again it was just it was just it became difficult to be a person in that area yeah you know? it's it is it is but you know like we've said like that is a i probably had a half a dozen people like larry smith who does six word memoir and like you know all these folks that were out there that was just like it's like you wish you could go back and tell like 26 year old me like this is the sort of gen x this is it this is the yeah. West Coast Gen X weird shit that you've been looking for your whole life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't get distracted by the technology and the sort of all the other stuff. Like this is the thing, right? This is the end yeah. of the DIY era. <laughs> or the, at the very least the end of that kind of. That's what I mean. Like the, yeah. the word, like the, uh, like the, oh, I got a computer and I can do my own word processing. I can make a zine. Like it yeah, was yeah. the end of that. And then yes. like blogger.com came along and Tumblr. And it's like, well, that's what the zine is today. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and it's like, fuck, that's a, I mean, it's great. And I'm trying not to be old, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> it is different. Yeah. There was definitely a before and after moment, I think. For sure. yeah. um, and I have to keep reminding myself, don't be that old person. It's like, fucking zines were the best. Like, <laughs> were they, like, were they, I don't know. Like we just did them. I don't think they're any right. different than like a multi-person blog. Like at the, and more people read those. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's the other thing. I think there's some element of that too. That's kind of like, you, you certainly get more reach and stuff. And that's you know, what I mean. Like it's, yeah. you know, there was nothing like going into the coffee shop or the record store in your town and picking up the zine that was written by the fucking six people that listened to everything or like read every book on the shelf. And yeah. you were like, ah, oh, fuck. Like that's, yeah, that's my internet. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and this is a small secret thing that only I know about. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives everything a little bit more weight too, I think, where you're like, this is special. I found this. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to find it. You know, no one, so no one tried to make me find this. I just found it. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. 
Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yeah, and like there was... GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Also, you could sort of do what you want. Like there was that freedom. It really was. The, and that freedom sort of, I think, exists with the, with the technology today, right? Is that yeah. if you want to publish a book, you can publish a book. Like you have a, no, a novella, which is hard to publish in the old world, right? There's yeah. small and independent and like do-it-yourself presses that exist now. So like some of that aesthetic has allowed people, I think, to find their voices as writers and like do the thing they want to do. Yeah, and I think find the outlet for and also kind of connect you know, I, I think one of the nice things is like, you know, the zine thing, uh, you wouldn't necessarily then connect with the person who wrote the zine or whatever, but like uh, smaller publications, you kind of get to connect with on, uh, I went up connecting with this guy who started a small online publication called OK Donkey, uh, super good guy. It's him and his wife run it. Um, and they public, they put out such good stuff. Like they have a really good eye for stuff. And just getting to know them is really nice. And the kind of that, that element of it too, I think is really. Yeah. I mean, I started a writing collective in Indianapolis, uh, India in the Midwest. When I left, uh, we ended up with 450 people and we put out a lit magazine in, uh, and, and, um, like, uh, we put out calls for essay books and we primarily focused on like first time writers or young writers or new writers or people of color, people that traditionally have a hard time getting into, you know the sort of gatekeeper right. things and it was great like it was one like we had such a good time doing it. and i told folks we could put out a book for under a hundred dollars like, oh yeah you yeah. know like it really affords you an ability to do some cool fun stuff and i think most importantly and maybe this is why you ended up with with anvil 
is I always tell young writers, like you got to find the publishing house that gets you. And if you have an agent, you need the agent that gets you and isn't trying to make it something else because it'll be a miserable experience for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you got to find people who like kind of what you do. The, the, and there's also kind of enough of those places where yeah, you can, you can find a, if you have something decent and you are believing it, uh, you, you can find somebody out there to kind of get behind. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think, you know, without the, without the kids today, knowing that I do think that comes out of that aesthetic that was out there on the West coast. I mean, I know you're, there's always the sort of East coast, West coast publishing thing. And then Chicago sort of sits up there, but like the aesthetic of this small do it yourself, like you said, like you think of Eggers as this thing, but if you know where and how that stuff was being done, I mean, Wired was put out initially like same way. Like it's just yeah, a right. They were small house, like, small shop, right? Yeah. You know, like, and so you yeah. sort of like that becomes a place that you feel like is a viable thing for you to do. Like, is that how you ended up? Like, is that sort of what you were looking for when you were doing the book? So the an thing, idea. So no, that all came about because it was a goofy contest like it was like a a thing where I had kind of the starting of an idea and again like that kind of strange factor of (laughs) there's like this uh, write a book uh, as quick as you can so I I, when I was in Oakland uh, I spent a little time working at um, National Novel Writing Month and then I found out about three-day novel contest which is like even shorter things so I've always kind of appreciated those like weird kind of um, I don't know like a leap y kind of challenges and people that think about writing a little bit different so I I've latched onto the three-day novel thing and then uh one which was not part of what I was expecting <laughs> um, I like that winning was not part of my plan <laughs> no no not at all I, I was mainly using it as like a uh like a prompt or a like a generative thing like just to buy myself a weekend to write and then um (laughs) yeah so I had I had an idea that I really couldn't shake and just kind of uh bought a weekend to focus on it and then wrote it in a really bad motel and (laughs) which is the best uh, which is the best it smelled like cigarettes and uh yes it was bad maybe pee (laughs) or something yes and then undiscernible third smell of you know yeah. kind of all of those things um, this is the spinal tap like some things are better left unknown <laughs> exactly yeah. but you know slept on slept on top of the sheets didn't you know get too comfortable um but it was just like one of those like weird kind of again like on that theme the uh like hey let's just try this yeah this is a goofy thing let's just see what happens with it and then i i think i found out about them a friend of mine had a reading and, and read with a previous winner um and her piece was really great so I kind of took it a little bit more seriously and then I yeah kind of gave it a shot and then came away with the book which was kind of cool that's amazing it's it's real I used there was a place called if there was a movie called True Romance and there was a hotel and it called the Safari Motor Hotel which is where like and there's a place down in LA that was called I believe the Motor Inn and it was next to this famous deli that closed when I was at Wired I used to fly down there for weekends to write same thing it was like where every indie rock band stayed when they went yeah because it had a pool but it was like 75 dollars and the room was 
overpriced at $75. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but again, like that's that aesthetic of that time and place too. That's sort of like, Oh, I'm just going to lock myself in and like do this. Yeah. Um, it's a really helpful. I've done it since then, then just it was kind of like, I, I was like, you know, told me, I'm like, I'm just, I have an idea. I want to go explore it or whatever. I want to get some, spend some time with it. Cause when you're home, it's tough to, you know, you got to worry about the cement contractor. You got to yeah. all that other stuff, the dog. Um, yeah, so it's definitely helpful if you have the kind of resources to do it. But there's always like some shitty hotel near everybody that you can kind of escape yeah. to. And, and like and here in Pennsylvania, there's bucks. always like small cabins and shit you can find. Yeah. So where where are you in Pennsylvania? I'm out in Pittsburgh. You're in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, so we're just like we're on the on other, other side, side of the. Yeah, I stayed in the, this side of the mountains with the rocks. Uh. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But it's um, you know like I can get to Athens like you know OU. I, mean, I don't go to Bong Hill and shit like that, but like, you know, there's hotels and stuff around there and state parks. You can get hiking hills, hiking, like, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do is like, just take a long weekend and go and don't take anything, but like a computer and a book and like maybe a change of clothes. <laughs> like, yeah. That's kind of like what it boils down to. Like yeah. just really devote yourself to the time. Like I think the same thing, like I ordered whatever the worst pizza I ever had in my life was nearby. It was just kind of like a local spot. Yeah. There's a couple doors down or whatever. Um, and it's great because there's nothing else to, to focus on. And it's almost like a any world that I can create in my mind right now is better than this motel. So I, so I <laughs> might, as well, might as well focus. Um, so yeah, that's always been like, since I've done it and it worked out, I've been like, oh, I should do that kind of more often. So I've been taking kind of more weekends out doing different things. It's so weird, like how long it takes some of us to find our writing process. Yes, especially if it doesn't align with what you assume to be the writing process. Right, which is nobody's writing process. Whatever you right. assume the writing process is, zero people do that. Yeah. <laughs> if it did, we'd just have a class and we're like, here's how you become a writer. But right. there are all these sort of, we talk, it's a theme on the show. We talk about it all the time, like to be a lawyer, there's a there's a process right like it's not easy the class law school take the bar blah. be a doctor it's not easy go to medical school right you know do your residency take the boards to be a writer it's like i don't know yeah that was kind of like <laughs> uh especially for like i went to college in pa and and went as and they had a professional writing degree mm -hmm. um which was just like in and of, in and of itself like just this like it's entirely too vague to be a thing. Uh, but I fell for it and went through the programmer and didn't, didn't do anything. You don't learn yeah. anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a weird scattershot yeah. thing. Well, well, if you wanted to do this kind of writing, you take this class or whatever. But it was such a survey course of yeah. different paths or whatever. And then as you kind of get older and you meet other writers, you're like, none of you, none of, nobody did any of that shit. Nobody did any of that. Like, figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Read um, and write a lot and edit. Like I, whenever people ask me, I'm like, you need to read a lot and whatever you write, you need to edit that like 10 times. Like that's when you're a writer. Like yeah. the first draft is actually not that hard, although that sucks too. But the 10th draft, that's when the fucking rubber meets the road. Cause then you hate yeah. everything. <laughs> and so much, I think that so much of the, if that, if that course existed is to like, well, just do this until you hate yourself. And then if you kind of want to keep going, yeah. Then you're kind of a writer, like where it's like getting over the emotional side of writing is such a huge, was huge, still work yeah. on it. It's I a huge you, thing for me forever. 
I taught a ma- I ran a magazine course when I did. They had three assignments that was given the first day. It was three. It was a feature, a profile, and uh, uh, like an opinion, like a column. But for like a national magazine, so like five thousand words, three thousand words, fifteen hundred words, yeah. you're going to do this. And you rewrote that shit all semester long. And at the oh, end, yeah. you had to submit one to a magazine. So you, I was like, three assignments. You don't get a grade until the end. You want to be a writer? This is what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Only you'll never of... have 16 weeks again to do it. All right. <laughs> uh, and that was like, that was my weed out course. That was the intro course. And I was like, you'll either like, there, I don't know how else to teach you how to write other than just like, good luck. Yeah. And I write <laughs> like for my day job, I write in corporate environments and it's the same kind of thing. And that was actually weirdly instructive for how I do personal writing, just because again, there's no, um, <laughs> you have, you get the, um, not the specialness of it, but like you get like all of your, your, like, oh, I love this is perfect as is gets really worn away. And like, you, you get to learn the editing process a lot more and you like the rate of rejection is really high Yeah, because you send stuff to people who sometimes in some cases are I, I always think of it as like I have like a Venn diagram of like who's good at writing versus like like I write for engineers engineers are smarter than me but they're not very good at writing yeah I write for you know the uh the c-suite or whatever and it's like well they're not as good at writing as me uh but they are meaner and uh you know their deadlines are sharp you know like you have like yeah. different you know people that you get feedback from yeah and I feel like any kind of educational teaching somebody how to write is like or something i wish i had done when i was younger anyway yeah. is like get feedback way more often like i treat just this secret thing like i yeah when i was in oakland i remember talking to somebody who was like i mentioned something about writing i hung out with this person for like seven years and she's like you write <laughs> and I had no idea because i was just such a secretive weirdo about it and yeah that that feedback and that editing process yeah. i think is like really 100 like said where you get like, where you figure it out yeah, I mean, it's, it is where you figure it out. Like, I don't know how else you can do it. Other, I mean, I always tell people, otherwise, you're just writing in a journal. Like, if you're just writing for yourself, that's great. That's still writing, but that's not professional writing. Like, professional right. writing, you end up in the cauldron, and sometimes you're the frog in the pot where you're like, this is really good. Like, this makes me feel warm. And then all of a sudden, you find out, like, oh, this was... This I was goes so yeah, I was soup. <laughs> like, yeah. I should have fixed this way earlier. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that's, like, another thing from, like corporate writing that has helped me in my yeah personal life too is where it's like when I wrote the book there's no real impact in terms of you know it goes out and people read it or they don't when I do corporate writing stuff if I tell somebody to do the wrong thing I get yelled at by many people you know, yeah I'm gonna say people yeah. get you know this doesn't work it's been for technical writing stuff especially where you're like well this is how you fix our broken product and then you know thousands of people come back and say oh, you you made it worse <laughs> and it's like Oh, my writing did that. My writing really had an impact today. <laughs> it's funny. I Then we'll get out of here. We'll talk about the loop. But like when I worked at Wired, I told people like part of the reason I quit was because every day I came in and had fuck you coffee. Like I'd get my coffee and I'd sit down and I'd open up my email. And it was like 150 people that were like, fuck you. And I yeah. was like, that's that's a good way to start your day. <laughs> I imagine the uh, the tech specific audience has a lot of that as well oh man i was a microsoft shill and apple i was gonna say i was gonna idiot. say apple fanboy at wired yeah 
sure you got that. I was not. Point. I was. I, I know. I, yeah, I have a huge issue. I mean, I'm using the Mac right now, but I had a huge issue with Steve Jobs and the way he sold people's IP and their privacy so that yeah. he could make his way in the entertainment industry, like whole thing. So like anytime I'd write anything about Microsoft or, 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 or Apple, the Apple kids just came out and literally were like, fuck your mother, fuck your yeah. family. Like you are stupid. And I was like, it's 830. <laughs> I read a fair bit of uh, tech journalism and it's always um, depending on the article, it's either, like you said, Microsoft shill, Apple fanboy. Uh, yeah. Or Tesla gets it a lot as well. Yeah. Like, they were, like, and like they I was writing about, I was writing about games. So like if I wrote an Xbox thing, then the fucking Nintendo <laughs> for me and it was just like, Jesus Christ, like guys, I don't do any of these things. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I use open source stuff. Like, come on. Like, I'm just trying to like tell you what's going on. So uh, the loop is out now. Yes, sir. It is. Yeah. You can go and uh, find it out in the world. And um, I always tell people to go to Anvil Press because they're going yeah, to get the way to go. The, the small presses always get more money and more. It's more bang for their buck. It's taking an extra couple of days, but the fuck post office doesn't work anyway. So you're going to wait a few days. Anyhow, you're waiting a few days anyway. Uh, and to be fair, I think when I ordered stuff or when my family ordered their stuff from Anvil, they got it quicker than other folks did. Yeah, I'm sure. Their partner website. So, because those people are Anvil. like out there packing those books the day they get the orders, man. Like, that's the like small press. Got them on the shelves. The work. Yeah. Yeah. And they're super good people and it's nice to support them there. If you're also, in general, if you're not familiar with Anvil Press, check them out. They publish a lot of good stuff. And, and I'm assuming active. just like, and I'm going to give me the synopsis and then I want to talk about Anvil Press and then we'll get out of here. But like, give it because it's a, sort of a weird synopsis. Yeah. So the the, <laughs> uh, the premise of the book is uh, there's a guy called Alan. He is walking in the woods and he may or may not be dead. Uh, and it cuts back and forth between the woods and uh, scenes from his life uh, where he is a not so great guy. Um, so it kind of cuts back and forth between those two spots. And if he kind of deviates from the path in the woods, uh, he blacks out and starts again. Hence the name of the book, The Loop. Yes, the book, The Loop, where he is endlessly walking in the woods. Um, a well-named book. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah there's, a, there's a couple of loops out there that published last year too, which is funny. I, was, I should engage with those guys some way. Um, yeah, sounds like an AWP panel. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Actually, I should talk about that. There you go. I'm really good. Um, look, man, I came out of that world. Like, you got to sell this stuff. Yeah, which is well, not always my forte. But yeah, that's actually the AWP panel is a pretty good idea. Yeah, it's a free. That's free. That's a free one from me to you. I will. I'll. I'll think about that some. I think that might work. All right. Well, the loop is out now. You guys can get that wherever the books are. You can. You should go to Anvil Press and get them. Uh, Dan, it is. Uh, it was really wonderful to talk to you and yeah, uh, the best part about it is I had no idea we had that connection yeah no neither did I that's uh, <laughs> always good to connect well there you have it that was Dan Sanders whose book The Loop is out right now I did not realize going into this that we had all the connections that we did but it is always lovely to catch up with that Gen X West Coast Northern California vibe thing that was going on out there it's such a weird thing and for those of us that live through it, it's nice to revisit that. Before we get out of here, just a couple reminders. Do those two things we talked about at the top of the show. The first, if you like what you heard, you've got some book lovers in your life, tell them about the show. Second thing, leave us a review, either on Apple Podcasts if you got uh, an iPhone or over to the Facebook page at the Writer's Jam if you don't. 
Don't forget to check out all the other programs on the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Nicole and Malls are growing the shit out of what we're doing here. Um, and the flagship Mother May I Sleep With podcast is hosted by our Solid Listen Podcast queen, Molly McLear. Don't forget the video podcast come out on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel. You can also catch the audio wherever you listen to the Downtown Riders Jam. And that comes out every Wednesday. The surest way not to miss anything we do, get yourself subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can always catch us on Twitter and Instagram at The Writer's Jam. Until the next time, we'll see you around the internet. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I study the secrets of the divine plagues and uncover the blasphemous truth that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, wherever podcasts are available.